Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Friday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Dan Patrick right on the money with that little snippet. Preseason football is difficult to watch, especially if you're a DirecTV customer in Des Moines. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> I found out last night we have Peacock. Oh, you do? Yes, I didn't and, know. And you watched it? I on did. Peacock? Yes. <laughs> News to me, another one of the streaming services I didn't even know we had. So check one. Yeah, that's one you don't have to subscribe to because you're already set to go. Good to go. Indeed. Who uh, knew, huh? Who did? Find <laughs> Apparently out. my wife. Maybe I should have checked. Uh, right? Maybe I have it and are unaware. Anyways, uh, coming up on the program, we will uh, talk to Tom Cakert in 25 minutes or thereabouts. Tom, we're going to bump him up a little bit earlier this morning with the latest on the Hawkeyes. They are a week away from media day, but he'll be up first. And then Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, with his uh, daily uh, Chiefs training camp report. Hour number two, Mike Palmy had him yesterday uh, in his place because that's kind of a sports wagering segment. Uh, we're going to have Chris Andrews from the South Point. He's been uh, setting lines and uh, writing tickets for... Well, as long as Randy Peterson's been at the register. Yeah, 45 years. It's incredible. Late 70s uh, is when Chris got there, so we'll talk to... And he was doing a little bit beforehand. Probably so, (laughs) but just not in Nevada and not above board. Right. Uh, Probably in back alley somewhere. Uh Uh, Anyways, or bars or wherever he was doing it. But uh, Chris Andrews from the South Point is going to do... I still think it's a gem. I really do. We Mm -hmm. love Circa. Uh, but there's just something about this South Point that keeps dragging me back. I know what a lot of it is. It's the dedicated horse book that mm-hmm. they have, uh, and the dollar twenty-five hot dog card is a buck fifty now. Buck fifty. Yeah. Um, there's lots of reasons I like the South Point. It's just it's, it's old school. It is. It's on Las Vegas Boulevard, but it's not part of the strip. It's south of the strip. It's south of the strip, yeah. indeed. But it's worth a stop. And Chris oh, Andrews, for is sure, one of the best guys. He's seemingly always working. And mm-hmm. I've talked to so many people that have heard Chris do radio hits with us for years that go out there, say hi to Chris, and he'll always, he will sit down and he yeah. will talk your ear off and he'll tell you stories that you couldn't believe. His books are incredible. He's yeah. a great writer and uh, one of our favorites to have on. We need to do it a little more often. I wish we season. could. Absolutely. So we're going to talk to Chris here in about an hour. And then Nick Oson is going to join us from Iowa State Media Day. Uh, by then it should be wrapping up, although it might go a little bit quicker. We uh, thought we'd uh, Nick would need all two hours uh, to get to 1230, so that's why we put him in that slot. But that was before the news came out that Iowa State is essentially making no one available at Media Days today. Uh, what a handful, seven players, no assistant coaches, just Matt Campbell, who... Uh, spoke for nine minutes apparently, and then there's a handful of student athletes that are going to um, answer questions from the media. Look, on one hand, with the students, I get it. I'd love to hear from Rocco Beck. Mm-hmm. Um, love to hear from him. I, I, I guess maybe they're they're concerned of a slip up. You know, somebody gets a question in that uh, that trips one of the athletes up. But I don't understand not making coaches available. And Campbell did say today, he did a couple of things. He apologized, which I'm not sure he needed to apologize. Um, He explained why and did say, after yesterday saying, there'll be no assistance made available in fall camp. (laughs) That stance has softened a little bit. Okay, He hopes that assistant coaches are going to be able to speak to the media in the next Quote, couple of weeks. Not sure what that means. But don't you want to hear from Nate Shieldhouse? Absolutely. Nate Sh- I mean, yes. it's not you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, it is you and I. I mean. Well, but yeah, but it's, 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 we feed the information with mm-hmm. our spin on it to the, the, Randy and Travis. They write about it. And Cyclone Nation, our fanatic rather, writes about it. But I would love to hear from Shieldhouse. Just, it's his first gig. This is offense for the first time. What about Ryan Clanton? Don't think anybody wants oh. to hear from him? Mm-hmm. Uh, the savior, for God's sakes, on that coaching staff if this offensive line is going to be better. That's my criticism of the whole thing. I kind of get the players not being involved. Do I like it? Don't have to. Uh, and I don't, but um, kind of understand. But it's not media day. It's um, it's just not. It's like kind of a normal press mm-hmm. conference day. Yeah, kind of like that. You know the pictures that come out throughout the course of the year, too? You see the pictures of the offense aligning yep. together. Yep. And you see all the goofy things that they do and all oh, this connection. These hey, here's a group of players all from Florida. And they you know those kind of things. Sure. And 
I know it's a small, small part, but it's something. And it's just one of those pieces yeah. that... Get you thinking football. Get you talking mm-hmm. football. Um, you know. Anyways, no, it doesn't concern you or I no. necessarily. But um, I do like listening to. Uh, it's usually been uh, Stansberry at Cyclone Fanatic. I'm sure it'll be Rob Gray or one of the crew over there that they post the actual video of the John Haycock or in the past Tom Manning this year Nate Shieldhouse uh, press conferences happened in the middle of the week. Just how the offenses looked as they lead up to Saturday, and maybe we'll get those in the next couple of weeks. That's what Campbell said, but it's um, it, it's content. And it's mm-hmm. content for the fan base. Is, uh, we're, we're a month away from football, as everybody knows. Anyways, so we'll get to Nick Oson coming up here at about 1230. We'll get his take on what he heard, if anything, today. See if there's any news that came out of it. Uh, we're not going to know about any of the suspensions that may be forthcoming. We... Um, for the most part, know who the players are. I've heard multiple things. <laughs> um, you know, this, maybe it's not going to be as bad for player A and B, but a player C and D, it might be worse than we originally thought. So we'll just have to wait till that plays out. So Trent, I left uh, Ankeny this morning. I don't know what time it was. So say ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pack twelve was good. Yeah, pack twelve, pack nine survived. There was hope that. It yep. was all going to come together. They were getting together on a call. And, and they were going to sign the Granite Rights. It was a gaining momentum that mm-hmm. it was going to survive. 20 minutes later. I get to uh, get downtown Des Moines, and it hit the fan once again. Um, Pete Thamel, who is totally plugged in. I mean, he's mm-hmm. as good a college football writer, in my opinion, uh, as anybody out there. At about two minutes before 11, uh, tweeted the following. Uh, this is now nine minutes old. So the uh, okay. sources... Washington and Oregon are, quote, fully engaged with the Big Ten. Things are made fluid, but are trending in that direction. So um, there was a little nugget dropped about an hour ago that the Big Ten had upped their offer to Oregon. And I think Oregon's the linchpin in all of this. I kind of get the sense that, you know what, Washington will take you, but we kind of an afterthought in some respects, but it sounds now like it's back to Oregon, Washington, trending toward the Big Ten. But you know what? It could change by the bottom of the hour. This thing has made my head hurt. It truly has. On one hand, Trent, it's awful. The Pac-12, the Pac-10, the Pac-whatever you call it, wherever it was when you were born and you became a sports fan growing up. For a lot of people, it was the Pac-8. Pac-8, yeah, for a lot of people. Um before what the mid seventies is that when Arizona and Arizona I State came in? I think it was yeah. probably around that time. It was a Pac ten for me. It's but been... it's such a brand. It's such a the brand. Pacific Coast Conference. Let's just call it that. Yeah, and it's a brand. And I don't know what's going to happen to the brand. It's certainly not going to be worth as much if indeed, you know, four of the, the four heavy heads all leave on the heels of USC and UCLA. If Oregon and Washington leave. Uh, and then the the left behinds. I do feel for them. I truly do. Right. It's awful for them. For Washington State, for Oregon State, yeah. those are the ones that have no seat at the table. None. There is absolutely mm-hmm. nothing there for them. Now, they can keep the Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac-8, name whatever it turns out to be, and they can go that route and invite Boise, San Diego State, Colorado State. UNLV. UNLV. You go that route. Okay. Can it's Mountain you- West Conference. It is. It's Mountain West Conference. And for Oregon State and Washington State, how are you going to be able to recruit? Now, if you can keep the automatic bid, now you're cooking. That doesn't hurt. That doesn't hurt. And that, I think, was part of the hope this morning with the yes. Pac-9. That was a... I can't remember who reported it because you're reading everything. I think maybe Mandel. Is that where it I was? I think Mandel. That was a big, big part of Oregon and Washington willing to listen mm-hmm. more. Yep. Is understanding. And that's something that we brought up a multitude of times, for, certainly for those two programs. What's better, going to an 18-team Big Ten or, and financials aside, obviously we know the financial component. Sure. Or for your football program, most importantly, mm-hmm. playing in a league with an automatic bid that you're the dominant forces. Yeah. That out of a 10-year stretch, eight of those 10 years, it'll be either Oregon or Washington likely mm-hmm. playing mm-hmm. in the college football playoff. Pretty good. It is. Did I see, um, help me out. Did I read in the last couple of weeks some of the guidelines for the 12-team playoff that there's a maximum number of teams from the from the Big Ten, from the SEC? If you saw it, I didn't. 
I might be dreaming. Okay. I, I don't think Was I it am. after 8.30? <laughs> well, that's true, too. <laughs> um, th- at 3 or 4, I thought I saw 3 somewhere. Maybe we should, we should I don't believe so. I'm. You never saw that? No. I am almost positive that that wasn't in there. That if, was, that if there are six worthy teams from this SEC or the Big Ten, then six are going to get the invite. I believe that's the way the SEC pushed for that. Because remember when we went to the four-team playoff, there's a lot of talk about, no, there's going to be no at-large bids. It's going no. to be conference champions right, only. Right, and the right. Big Ten was at the forefront mm-hmm, of that one. Mm-hmm. And that quickly changed, and the SEC flexed their muscle and got what they wanted, and it's turned out pretty good yeah. for them also. I'm going to anticipate with the power that the SEC more than anybody yields when it comes to the college football playoff, that they are not going to put any kind of cap on the number of teams from a conference. If it is, out of your six at-large teams, five of them come from the SEC, so be it. Yeah. We'll see. I wonder if J.A. Scott's listening. He's the Miller and Condon fact checker. Yes. On Twitter. We appreciate it. No, we do. Yes. I'm, not, I'm not being critical of no. him at all. I appreciate the uh, the support here uh, as we try and muddle our way through two hours. I, I, I could be wrong, uh, but we shall see. So uh, that's where it stands of today. By the time we get to our first break, it absolutely could have changed. But the, according to Thamel, Oregon and Washington are now back to leaning towards staying uh, as a Big Ten um, as, as a Big Ten addition, so who knows? Arizona, I think they're on their way to the uh, uh, to the Big Twelve. Who's going to join them? Arizona State looked like they were out, had one foot out the door with their uh, state of Arizona brethren. Mm-hmm. Now, then, last night it wasn't. Who knows? It makes my head hurt. It really does. Yeah, it, it just around and around in circles. And my question for this is the Big Ten: Is this going to add anything financially to the bottom line? Well, let's localize it. What does this do to help Iowa? By bringing in the two schools from... To bring in Oregon and Washington. What does this do for Iowa? Should Beth Getz be behind this? Or should she be one of the athletic directors and maybe along with the school president saying, no, if this is going to cut into our pie, Mm -hmm. no. What does this do to help... And there was blowback from Big Ten presidents and athletic directors in the Mm -hmm. last couple of weeks. Thamel's on DSPN right now just regurgitating what I said about being fully engaged. What does this do for Iowa? What does this do for Purdue? What does this do for Michigan State? What's it do for Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Nebraska? What, well, it makes the, it more difficult to get one of those playoff bids it, is what it does. It does. It adds another road trip. Uh-huh. It adds for your other sports outside of football. Because it's you not play just... once a week in football. Sure. It's not just Oregon and Washington coming to the Big Ten footprint. Mm-hmm. They get the host <laughs> periodically, right? <laughs> They'll have four or five, maybe yes. probably four or five uh-huh. games every single year. People will be traveling out there to face them. What does it do outside? And it's not going to help the bottom line. We continue to hear that. At best, they'll take a reduced rate, and they will take that, and you'll get a little bit more money from Fox and the NBCs and the CBSs for the games that are out there. It doesn't help out so many programs, and that's the part of it. I'm surprised that we haven't heard of more pushback from certain schools, that we haven't heard that part of it, because it's just difficult to see... Yeah, I, I would love to go to a game in Hudson to see the Hawkeyes in mm-hmm. Hudson. I know they played there in the early 90s, but mm-hmm. that would be a, go out to Seattle and have a weekend in Seattle. How cool that would be. I get that. And I would be excited to make those trips. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we're already planning next year a road trip out to L.A. to the Coliseum. My tailgate group is already doing that. And we do the same for those. Short of that, though, what does this do for the Big Ten? Mm. Does it suddenly make the brand better? Does it make... Yes, you'll get a couple of Ohio State-Oregon games. But you also get Washington Rutgers. Is that doing anything for you? No. No. Does Maryland-UCLA do anything? No. Purdue-Maryland really does nothing, though, (laughs) to be honest. Right, and and that's another component. (laughs) One one other angle. I read Chris Williams' article last night at Cyclone Fanatic. Really well done. And we don't have Chris today. I was a little bit disappointed. He's brought this up, and I've seen many other people bring it up. What about the Indianas? What about the Vanderbilts? What about these lower-rung programs? The Northwesterns? The option of kicking them out. And I don't believe, personally, that that is going to happen. And the reason? You need a Jacksonville. You need, sorry, a Winnipeg Jets. You need, mm-hmm. if you're going to be playing... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you need, though, yeah. Yeah. in a conference like this, and if you're going to go up to maybe even as many as 10... 11 conference games, you need a break. Mm-hmm. They can't all be stars, yeah. right? 
And that's that's, that's a reason that I believe that, that the fodder is going to still be there. Yeah. That you're still going to have the Sacramento Kings. And I understand, yes, the Jets have had runs mm-hmm. and the Kings have had mm-hmm. runs. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, they play the Clippers, it's a night off. Absolutely. That is still going to be a part of this. And yes, when you get Vanderbilt, hey, we get to go to Nashville, fans get to travel there, mm-hmm. and we get to get a win. Northwestern, get to head to Chicago for the weekend, and you get a win. Yeah. And that's still going to be a piece of it. I don't believe that we are going to see that part of it where we're going to see schools that are kicked out of their leagues because of performance. Uh, Matt Campbell was just asked about Jirel Brock, and he mentioned that Jirel Brock is not practicing. When asked why he wasn't practicing, um, Campbell wouldn't say. Jirel Brock is one of the players that everybody knows is on that very short list. Yes. I hope he is asked if there's a, any additions to the, new, to the coaching staff. Because that's what I was told is is also taking part, that these players are not practicing. And some of them, one of them anyway, is going to walk away from football and walk into coaching. And if that's the case, well done, Matt Campbell, for giving this kid a lifeline. Mm-hmm. Because if his, if his college football career is over, and he wasn't one of the ones that bet on Iowa State, he's, his name is not caught up in the legal aspect of this at all. It sounds like he's going to bust that threshold, right? That he uh, sure. li- like to like to play. And as you've said many times, you're 100 percent right. It's it's easy to you know to get that meter running and to run up that tab and to go over that amount of money uh, when it when it comes to the suspension. So um, we'll we'll see. But if if Campbell went goes out of his way to uh, give this. Um, Longtime player in the program, fifth year senior, an opportunity to you know jumpstart his coaching career. Pat on the back, Matt Campbell for uh, for doing it that way. We'll find out if anything more comes up. But Campbell is being asked these uh, questions, or has been, and that's how he's um, he's he's answering. And I think he's probably uh, giving us a little bit of clarity without kind of you know naming names, etc. Sure. Uh, Jeff is with us. Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you? Doing well. Uh, I just want to start with the Oregon Washington. Maybe I, I caught Trent wrong, but I'm gonna uh disagree in the trend again. Tell me if I proved you wrong. I think Oregon not forget about Washington. I think Oregon's a great ad. Uh you take out Ohio State, Michigan. I believe Michigan State got to the final four once. Yeah. Oregon's, beat Iowa. Got, Oregon's got Oregon's got to the playoff twice. If I could remember right, they have through that span. No, I'm saying um, what what is it? I don't not the Big Ten as a whole. What does it do for Iowa? What's it do for Purdue? What's it do for Minnesota? What does it do for them? More, I don't more eyeballs to the conference. Yes, and they got enough eyeballs. Yeah, they, they got, got enough they, money. They, they, they're going to be yeah. They get the money whether Oregon's well, done or not. Well, here, well, this is what I think all three of us listeners. This is where college sports is going, and to, to segue off of Oregon. If I'm the Big Ten, and I just sound totally crazy, I'd add Florida State. I'd get Florida in the footprint of the Big Ten. So if you're already going to get Oregon and Washington go out west, I'd go, I'd go down south and grab Florida State, if, it, if it's possible. It's not possible right yeah. now. It, it just isn't. It, it, right now, that grant of rights is lock solid. In Florida State and North Carolina and Clemson and all of the big head heavy heads have looked into mm-hmm. any way we can get out of it. Although there was a Florida State attorney overnight, apparently, that might have, and, it, and it's way over my head, right, um, that came up with, because the trial, because it doesn't say where the actual trial would take place, as far as the, uh, it's not a criminal trial, mm-hmm. but the uh, uh, the legal the um, uh, the civil trial would take place. It could happen in Florida, and apparently there's some statute in Florida that may make it possible. Okay, so wait, lawyers right now, are trying to figure out a loophole, and they have been for sure years now. Right, this has been a year long process because every game that's played in Tallahassee, Iowa makes their way down there. Guess what? That money goes right to the ACC. All those TV games that are played that normally would go to your conference coffers, that wouldn't be the case through 2036. So let's let's digress and switch real quick. We've talked about Arizona. A two-part question. Is Arizona and Arizona State tied together? No, no. They're not tied together. Correct. Okay. Um, Number two, we've talked about it. You guys have talked about it a couple times. Where does Utah fit? And you guys have said, well, Utah... I've heard some, you know, some people on your show say, "Oh, Utah hates the Big 12. Well, forget about hate; it's about money. So survival is what it's about. Okay, the survival and money hand in hand. So if, if the Pac-12, Pac, whatever you want to call it, goes down, 
Utah's got to forget about that, that that angle. And where does Utah fit in the big scheme of things? They're gonna. I mean, aren't they gonna have to swallow their pride and join mm-hmm. the Big Twelve yeah. at this mm-hmm. point? Yeah, yeah. And why is no one talking about that? It's really more just the Arizona. Because I think they're a late addition to the party. I think Arizona State and Utah kind of come on board when they they didn't want to leave. They, 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 kicking and screaming, right? Yes. yes, they're being dragged into the Big Twelve. Yes. Um, they don't want to come, Jeff. They they don't want to come. Anything well, else? Let, let, yes. Let's. I just want to circle through this, and and you guys have talked about it. The Big Twelve, if they add the Arizona, the Utah, and the Arizona State with with Colorado with. Deion Sanders, God knows how long he'll be there for. But whatever the reason, they have cemented themselves as the as a legit number three yeah. in a really, really fun conference and all sports moving forward. You guys have a good weekend. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate that. And they all want to be there. Well, maybe not Utah. <laughs> They're the one. <laughs> that would be what, the what, one. What did uh, Mundo tell us the other day? Their fans called a truck stop conference. Yeah, yeah. Now they're going to be part of it. Yeah, they are. And uh, their fans might be stopping uh, at some of these cities because it looks as though it's headed in that direction. All right, the direction we're going to head is we're going to head over to talk to Tom Kakert from HawkeyeReport.com. How does Ference handle this next week? Kind of the same way? I mean, he's making players all, apparently they're all going to be available. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, uh, Leistikow tweeted that out last night. Um, how does he handle it? Because I would think that, I mean, the rumors are starting to get a little bit louder as to as to some of the players that are caught up in the uh, in the scandal over in Iowa City. Right. I mean, not the scandal, the the in the, the gambling scandal from the state of Iowa, but from an Iowa City perspective, uh, we're starting to hear those names a little bit louder. How does he handle it? Different than Campbell. Are they practicing? I don't think they will be. I think they are. They, you think they are? Well, one of the guys that I believe that has not been named. That's not going to be charged, but is going to have some kind of suspension from the NCAA. Well, there's a practice photo of him on the first day of practice. Is there? Yeah. He's a defensive back. Yep. He's from the area. Mm-hmm. From the corridor area, I should say. Okay. Connect the dots, if you will. Yeah. He was uh, one of the first pictures that I saw. So, if my information is correct on him, then yes, those guys are practicing. See, I don't and th- I think he said Shannon's practicing, too. Yeah, and I, I don't think there's a problem with them practicing. No, absolutely not. Uh, it's once they get to week one. Right. You know. And they want to know, too, all right, how many reps do we give mm-hmm. Noah Shannon mm-hmm. if he's not going to play the first four games? Right. How important is yeah, it? At some, pack, at some point, you know, closer to the season, you yeah. have to severely limit them. Absolutely. It's like suspended players in the uh, in the NFL. They can practice up until the season, but then they can't come in the locker. I continue to hear complex. two defensive backs for Iowa, yep. starting defensive backs yep. that could be involved in. Yeah, have it's really changed, hasn't it? Remember, it was a it was as an odd factor. These yeah. couple of guys not even on the depth chart. No, they're starters. Yeah, and if that happens, well, that means you got to figure out. And Cooper right. DeGene was at media day, so scratch him. Yep, it's not him. Right. So you're talking about all right. Iowa has this cash position, right? You got Sebastian Castro. Did really well in that role. Yeah. But he's actually a safety. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's where he started his career. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've got to shuffle around, you've got to figure out, well, if we've got to move Castro back to safety mm-hmm. for a game, two games, four games, whatever it turns out to be, all right, now we've got to figure out what we're doing with cash. Does that mean we're playing more 4-3? This gets in the game plan. This, the NCAA needs to come down yes. and let them know what it's going to be, what these suspensions are going to be, because these coaches have to game plan. Yes. They, they have to figure out what they're going to mm-hmm. do. They've had the information for months. Now we know that the criminal component is out there. Right. It's not closed, but from what we've both heard... Pretty sure it's over. It is unlikely right now we're going to hear within the next week or two anything more. Somebody else. Yes. On that front. Something more could come to light. Absolutely. But as the here and now, that is over. But the suspensions, that's the part that we don't know. Get it done, NCAA. What do you make of uh, this? Happened at the very at the end of our show yesterday. What do you make of Wazarike's attorney? Does he have a, a leg to stand on by directing the case, uh, directing the focus of the case the way that he is? It was kind of they were singled out. This wasn't a campus wide thing. They were just looking at the football players. They were just looking at males. Um, does he have a case? No. I mean, it's a, it's a hell of grasping at straws, but I think it's just that. Well, I know where he doesn't have a case. He doesn't have a case in Roger Goodell's office. Right. I mean, he, that, that doesn't matter to him. No. It's an interesting theory, but the bottom line, what what, what does it do for a Wazirike if his lawyer wins? What does it do? Your fine is waived. Your fine is waived in Story County. Yeah. 
the NCAA is still going to say, okay, great. Yeah, you're gone. Right. Your second year, where you're about to enter your second year in the NFL, and he's not. If Hunter Decker's the lawyer says, you know, that's a pretty good theory. Let's jump on that one too. Yep. The NCAA is not going to suddenly say, well, yeah, you bet on a game that mm-hmm. you were involved in, mm-hmm. that you were on the team, but we're going to let it go because of this loophole. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I don't. I don't think it is either. But it was certainly. Uh, it made me think. Made me think if this guy's found That's not a bad something, thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I was the exact same way. Huh? Good theory. I, I think it's BS, but one heck of a theory. Uh huh. But you know what, though, when you when you go, get right down to it, I kind of see why that why where they're going. Because it seems like that's how the, that was the focus of, of the entire investigation. I don't know. Because they, they found out, the DCI had to do this. Mm-hmm. They could not allow when they found out that there was wagering from athletes. Yeah. They could just let it go no, no, or no. they'd all be fired. Right. Right. <laughs> Why do we have a DCI if they're not going to investigate illegal activity? But did they, uh, did they investigate the women's rowing team? The athletic, they geofence, from what I understand, yep. athletic offices. Okay, so they would have found something yeah. in, in any of the athletic Because the offices. football office is on its own. Uh-huh. I mean, their football building right. is football only. Right. And yet they found other athletes. They found the track team. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, the track team is not mm-hmm. hanging out they in the same circles. They found Aaron Yeah. Basketball is a different... And they found it. Yeah. They found the wrestling team. That yeah. also has their own area. Yeah. They were able to find them. So it was not a football only thing. You know, that changes things, Trent. That's a good point, I think. Um, uh, we'll get to Tom Kangard. He's next. Miller and Condon underway in a Friday's Des Moines Sports Day. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. American Lung Association. The dog days of summer are here. And you're looking for a nice, cool spot to watch all the great baseball action and the upcoming football season. That place is Fat Charlie's. It's an upscale sports restaurant serving high-end favorites. And through the month of August, kids eat free. That's right, with the purchase of an adult entree, kids eat for free all through August at Fat Charlie's. Watch your favorite team on wall-to-wall TVs that make you feel like You're at a sports book, 121st Street in Urbandale. It's Fat Charlie's. Hi, Miller Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Tom Cakert momentarily. Mitch Holtz is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs coming up here in, oh, 15, 18 minutes thereabouts. Let's get Tom Cakert uh, in here as we catch up on Iowa. Uh, camp is underway. Tom, welcome to the program. Trent and Ken, how are you? Oh, there's nothing to talk about, guys. I just told Trent that. I said, there's just nothing. I got nothing. Can we talk about the Cubs being red hot? Hey, they are red hot. And <laughs> in the NL Central? Absolutely. I'd no. love to do that. I really would. We haven't talked baseball hardly at all no. this week because everything that's going on, we love baseball. Um, yeah. So, Trent, I told Trent earlier, I left Ankeny this morning. The Pac-12 survived. It's it's going to see the light of day by the time I got to downtown Des Moines. It was back to where it was. It hit the fan, and everybody was scattering in all different directions. Do you think, Tom, that Oregon and Washington, that you'll be headed out that way at some point in your career uh to cover the hawks on the road i hope not but i think i'm going to be i i jokingly um i don't know what you call them now x'd out or tweeted out yeah, i don't know what right. you're calling it now but the 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 pac-12 has been multiple undertaker gifts yes. uh, today yeah. at some point it's been you know the one flying out of the casket and then other ones where he's just de- getting dirt thrown on him i mean it's just uh, it's wild it's wild um you know, we were talking about this on, on our podcast last night, and I'm just, like, of the opinion, I don't think this is good for the Big Ten. I don't think Oregon and Washington add value. I think it, I don't think the TV partners want to give 
more money. They don't want to make a bigger pie. So you're you're making your travel more difficult. You're making the conference more crowded, harder to win league championships, and you're giving up a part of the slice of the pie. Mm-hmm. What is the upside for Iowa, Illinois, Purdue, <laughs> Northwestern, Minnesota, Nebraska? I don't know that there is one. Nope. I just don't. I don't see the uh, – somebody can explain to me the upside. Now, if they can negotiate the the, the Big, 12, Big Ten after dark and get a big bigger – uh, you know, get ESPN back at the table, and mm-hmm. maybe they get some some money and get everybody, you know, five million more dollars, and then you can distribute that out uh, each to the schools and kind of make everybody whole. Then, okay, I'll talk to you about it. But I'm just uh, otherwise, I'm like hard pass. I'll, we'll move on. They don't add value. And short of those road trips, that'll be fun for the fans. I'm right there with you. In fact, it sounds like you were almost listening to the first segment of the show today because I said a lot of the exact same things, Tom. Uh, To the investigation and what still waits. It's the NCAA. We're now waiting for them on what these suspensions are going to be. I would be shocked if anybody is under that $800 threshold. You put 100 bucks in your account and you bet a few times you're going to hit that threshold very quickly. And I think it needs to be a maybe per ticket average like we saw with Hunter Deckers. He was under 8 bucks a bet. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about you know, monster bets here by any ways. But that aside, uh, what we're waiting for, is it just strictly that now that the investigation appears to be wrapped up, we're just waiting for the NCAA? Yeah. And frankly, the NCAA needs to get their act together and get this done. And for, for the sake of Iowa and Iowa State, uh, because they owe the coaches have to plan mm-hmm. for the season. And they mm-hmm. need to know, is Hunter Deckers done? Is Aaron Baum done? Uh, you know, and I was already kind of reacting the way that they would believe that Aaron Baum is done because they brought in a a, a punter um, and have him as a preferred walk on a kid from Carroll. So I think they they know the handwriting's on the wall. But they were I'll tell you this, hundred percent, they were floored by that news. They, he had bet on Iowa games. Mm-hmm. They just had no clue. So you know. This, People think that the coaches know everything about this investigation. They really, really don't. And Tom, that that lines up with this because I heard the same thing in, in over names that they did not yep. know that this was coming. So at both schools, I went and Iowa State. The, the news on Deckers, the line, the news knew, on Bloom. They knew the they knew the names. Of, they know the right. names of the kids that are involved, but they did not know the depth. Correct. And you know, frankly, you know, they need to give. Noah Shannon, uh, an answer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, any other kids that are involved at Iowa and Iowa State, I saw a note that, you know, Jerrell Brock's name has been yeah. floated out there a lot in this, and, and Matt Campbell said he hasn't been practicing right. and uh, couldn't go into detail why. Well, let's connect the dots, okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and Kirk's going to get the same questions um, next week. And he kind of indicated at Big Ten Media Days he thought Noah Shannon would be practicing. So we'll see if he is actually practicing and if there are other guys that are that are out. Um, you know, I had heard that Eric Blum was practicing like the first day. Really? <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> they didn't know anything until the yeah. second day. And then it was like, oh, I guess we're going to yank him off the field. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not going to be kicking anymore, my friend. Uh, I just think they got to give a solution or give give those guys um the penalty let them appeal and get that appeal back to them within 48 hours so mm-hmm. the, if we're you know kirk talks about this in indy the the concern he has is that this thing drags on and we're sitting here september 2nd and they're taking the field the ncaa hasn't ruled so he's got to sit a bunch of guys yeah. maybe some of those guys don't um you know wouldn't ha- have to sit out more than a game now they're going to have to sit, maybe sit out two games because we don't know if the NCAA is going to count a game that they just had to sit them because they didn't know what to do. Which you know, is just, uh, taking a page from Iowa baseball. Yeah, right. yeah, which is exactly what Iowa baseball did. And, and you know, Kyle Huseman and I were talking about that last night on the podcast that, to his knowledge, none of those guys have ever heard anything from the NCAA. Wow. Huh. You're kidding me. Wow. Yeah, none of them... There's only one of the guys that was involved that's still on the team, and to his knowledge, none of them have been told, hey, that 18 games that you guys didn't participate in, that Iowa played in after 
we sat you guys, um, that's time served and we're good. None of them have heard that. Interesting. You know, you know what? There's another layer of this as well, and and I'll and I'm um, I'm not alluding to anything because I don't believe that this is true. But it makes you think, right? You see the news on Riley Mulvey yesterday. He's not making the yeah. he's not making the four. Oh, oh, oh. Mulvey's part. Well, no. Apparently, there's a family issue. But until we yeah, get well, clear, right? His, his brother's getting his brother's getting married. Right. <laughs> but that doesn't stop the speculation. And his brother's wedding. Yep. That's, Shocking. Yeah. You know? Right, but but the first thing that pops into your mind is, oh God, they got Mulvey too, right? How about how about how, how do you how would you like to be Fred Hoiberg? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, inheriting that mess. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> and I think Aaron's over in Spain with him, but I'm not positive on that. But I'm, I'm you he know, didn't play. I know he's been kept out of the lineup. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, he's not going to play. No, he's done. No. But an Iowa game. I mean, there's an assistant coach way down the way down the pecking order of coaches at Iowa State who kind of got ahead of the posse and left Iowa State and actually has a new job. Do you think he is part of the interview? Does he come? Did he come clean with his new school, or how's or is it going to be like a Eula situation? Are they going to yeah. kind of be drawn into this unbeknownst to them because they hired a guy who, in the interview process, you know, didn't was wasn't uh, forthcoming. It's yeah, unbelievable. It's, just, it's this whole situation. Now the mistakes were made. Yep. I, yep. I, I, I blame. You know, for some of the underage kids, I'm like, as a parent, what are you thinking? Yeah. You know, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. You know, you put, you know, the rules too, and you know, but I'm just, I just want some answers from the NCAA, and I think they've had plenty of time. They know exactly what, what. Um, what these guys did. They have all the information. They've had the information for a while from what I understand. Why can't you just give them a ruling and just let everybody move on? Do you think it's going to be four games? I mean, so 30% of the season is 3.6 games. I don't see the NCAA rounding down here. I think they're going to round up. Do you believe it's going to be four games for whoever it turns out is suspended? I would think it's going to depend on on what they did. Because I don't know all the information about what they bet on if, if some kid was just betting on NBA and NHL games uh, and, you know, just doing $10 bets and didn't have a lot to it, then he's going to be out for two games. You know, is, uh, I don't know what, no, what, no, Shannon isn't in the complaint, uh, isn't in the legal stuff, mm-hmm. at least. Yep. Um, but he was probably of age. So, you know, it wasn't an issue for him. But did he do some things that he shouldn't do? And is that going to lead to, you know, say a six-game suspension for him? Is he going to miss half the season? Maybe. Um, I don't know. Uh, breaking news, I boys, think- all within the last uh, minute. Brett McMurphy, Pete Thamel, Ross Dellinger, Oregon and Washington have informed the Pac-12 presidents early that they plan to accept an invitation to the Big Ten. The Big Ten has wow. just expanded. Oregon, wow. Washington, come on down. Done deal. Wow. Yeah. That's... I'm going to be interested to see if they do, you know, because the, the the media rights is always um, the, the big issue, yep. and if they're going to have to, I think they'd be happy to take thirty five, forty million. Sure, <laughs> because yeah. that's more than they were going to get in the Pac twelve, and be on Apple TV, and, and yeah, and be on, you know, or or as uh, Dan Wetzel calls it, like a gas station TV, the, yeah. the you know, Cheddar News. <laughs> You're have to, yeah, coming to get a soda and a hot dog for two forty nine. Now back to Pac twelve football. <laughs> yeah. I I feel bad for for Washington State and Oregon. I do. Too. They're probably headed to the Mountain West, and I do think that because we know how the Big Ten acts and reacts and does things and operates, that the the academic side is going to be campaigning pretty hard to bring in Stanford and Cal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's too top 15 educational institutions in the country and um and they're going to probably try and bring them in i think so that makes it 20 is 24 the end game with notre dame north carolina maybe a florida state and virginia i mean is is that the end game i i've maintained for a long time 24 was the end game is that what you say are the yeah are the are are the big 12 big 10 and the sec going to become the nfc and the afc breaking apart wow and you have the TV angle with Fox controlling 
the Big Ten side, mm-hmm. ESPN, ABC <laughs> controlling. Just like the NFL. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You could very well see I, that playing out, Tom. I think it's where we're headed, boys, is just, and they'll have their own little playoff, and, and it's going to be, and they're, this 2026, when that meteorites deal for the CFP comes up, that's what, why well, I, I don't think ESPN and Fox really want to throw a bunch more money into the kitty. They don't have a bunch to throw, say, I don't think, at ESPN. Yeah. Yeah, and they're and they're going to save up their powder for that that mm-hmm. uh, that college football playoff contract because I think it's going to go to both both the uh, networks and and they're going to pay a bunch of money to do it mm. and we're going to see probably the SEC and the Big Ten guaranteed you know two or three spots in the CFP once it expands. Sure seems like that's the way we're headed. Unbelievable. Hey, hey how's the 2024-2025 how's the, uh, Big Ten football uh, announcement looking right now? That Should I just throw that in the waste? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's worthless. I, I said earlier, Tom, I, we were already, my tailgate group's already planning our trip to USC. Now, that might not be happening now. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's why I'm bummed about this. Yeah. You know, I was pretty excited about some of that schedule. And now, you know, having gone up to Seattle a couple of times, that's a haul. Mm-hmm. It's a haul to get up there. It's you know you're in, as Ken will know. You're almost in Canada. <laughs> yeah, indeed, you are. Uh, Tom, great stuff. Uh, what t- so? What time is media day for you next week? I'm just trying to schedule oh, an event. It's like two o'clock. Oh, cool. So good. good, good, good. All right. Well, Trent and I will be at Circa just to let you know. Uh, but we'll talk yeah, to you at. Uh, yeah. Jealous. Uh, we'll talk jealous. to you at 12:30 next Friday, Tom. <laughs> Have a great week, Tom. Right. Thank you. Take care, guys. Yep. Good to talk to you, Tom Kicker, HawkeyeReport.com. Uh, again, Oregon and Washington, barring a last-minute snag, and who's to say there won't be one, right? <laughs> the way this morning. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Holy mackerel. Mitch Holtis is next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Come for details. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Take you up until uh, just before 1 o'clock here today. Claxon's Barbecue Giveaway, about an hour from right now. We'll give four of you a chance uh, to participate in the Claxon Barbecue Giveaway. That comes up about 10 minutes before 1 o'clock. I did see that the Chiefs uh, had a late start due to weather-related reasons this morning. Mm. Working on Mitch Holtis may or may not hear from the voice of the Chiefs as they got a little behind schedule uh, here today. What do you think of this team? I mean, obviously they're great. Yeah. Um, Head and shoulders, uh, I mean, deserved favorite to to represent the AFC. Who else would it be? Oh, Cincy? Hmm. Buffalo? No. Miami? <laughs> How many, what's the over-under in two of games? Well, that's the biggest question. Is, yeah. I mean, if, you, if he makes it through the season, I think they're a factor. I, I love that roster. That roster's loaded. The receivers, the speed that they have between Waddle and Hill, Jesus. Defense is good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they have. To you know, I gotta say, this team. Not the Chargers. Chargers? No. The stench of that organization. Um, Stanley's gonna be the first coach fired. You think he might? Yeah, you know, it's not a crazy bet, Trent. It's yeah. not a crazy bet. I think, and I saw there was. What did you have? You brought it in the other day to the Mediacom show. Fifteen to one. Yeah, something, something like that? right in that range. Yeah. Um, Baltimore. I like Baltimore, but yeah. I like Baltimore every year. They're they're, they're kind they're, of my, you're, you're, they're your my yeah. Chargers. Now yeah. I've actually cashed tickets because of them. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> right. right, a little bit different than you. Yeah. Here's a here's a question for you. I think this might be as difficult an NFL question as there is. Who finishes last in the AFC North? 
AFC North, who finishes last? Last. Cleveland, Cincy, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Well, the easy answer is Cleveland. It, but I think that and this has nothing to do with last it's, night's game. Right? It, it is not overreaction no, theater I would, here on a Friday. I would have asked this question yesterday if we would have had time, before uh-huh. we saw what happened last night. Huh. Sean Watson was good before he got in trouble. He was. Mm-hmm. Dorian Thompson Robinson. How about that last night? That was fun. They're throwing yeah. the block. And, yeah. yeah. Kellen Mond, please. Kellen Mond was okay. Eh, I like I, I, I uh, DTR better. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not a lot. Yeah. yeah. I can definitely see that. Uh, I would say Cleveland. Pittsburgh. But I, I get where you're going. Tomlin's always above 500. And I love Stefanski, too. Yeah, I do, too. He's coach of the year, what, two years ago? Yes. Yeah, I respect him a ton. Uh-huh. And... You also know that I have a soft spot in my heart for Cleveland, for the Browns. Yeah, yeah. family. Yep. Yeah. Grandpa's team. Yeah. Passed away right before the first of the two AFC title games. Yeah. Made me hate your <laughs> horse face quarterback and the Denver Broncos ever since. That might be my... Drive and you, fumble, baby. They might have been my... Really? The Broncos? The Broncos and the Vikings. Those were the top huh. two. Well, I get the Vikings. Growing up where I did. Yeah. Well, then that too. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, it was 90% Vikings fans, mm-hmm. probably 5% Packers, 5% Bears. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, though, it was funny. In the early 90s, a lot more Packer fans that I never knew like Green Bay started to come out of the woodwork. Funny not, how that not, A lot of number four green yeah, jerseys running isn't around. is that weird? Yeah. How does that happen? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they're good and they were awful yeah. in the 80s. I mean, that was a slam dunk win every single year. For it, was, it was, absolutely. That was a bad franchise. Yes. Bad franchise. So... I'm not sure if we'll get Mitch again today, but uh, his piece was on Brett Feach. Who is considered the greatest GM in NFL history? This popped in my head when I saw that this was who we had today. The greatest GM in NFL? You know, I never think about it like that. Who built, who's been the architect? Um... Jimmy Johnson for pulling off the Herschel trade. I, I think, he, yes. I mean, that's a part of it, right? But he was the head coach, but wasn't actually given the title. Um, the greatest GM in NFL. Bobby Bethard? That's a good one. That was the one that but jumped again, into my mind. But again, that's, yeah, I mean, he was a couple of places. Ron um, Wolf? Ron Wolf had a hell of a run. Uh, was it Schneider? Schneider with Seattle? He was the one. Oh, I think John that, Schneider. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Put that uh, that uh, or last decade. Um, yeah, Ozzie Newsome. I know has been talked about, but mm-hmm. the one that I came to is Bobby Beathard. Brett Beach mm-hmm. very well could be, if this continues the path that we're heading, he may become the greatest GM. Well, they draft 30, 31, 32 every year. His manipulation of the salary cap. Yeah. And I know he's not alone doing it. Right. He's, he's got people to do it. And Mitch has told us the guy's name mm-hmm. that is a wizard at it. But to be able to do this, and if this window continues, and it is year after year. Bill Belichick doesn't quite count because he's a coach too. Right. right? GM only. Yeah. Brett Veach has a chance, I believe, to be in the, that circle. Yeah. Roseman's done a nice job. He has with the Eagles. That's a good one. Greatest GM in NFL history. It's one you don't ponder a lot, right? You do the coaches, you do the quarterbacks or running back, whatever you know position you're bantering about. Um, but GM kind of flies under the radar until your team crashes and burns. Um, we'll see. Mark has an opinion. Mark, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing great. Love the show as always. Thank you, Mark. Hey, Who did we uh, miss? Well, I don't know. I, I, I might be too, this might be too long ago, and I think I have the name right. But, man, when I think of GMs, I think of Gil Brandt of the Cowboys. Oh, yes, awesome. Yes, awesome. Yes, awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Was that the guy? That, that was his name, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Gil Brandt. Yeah, yep. yeah he's still and alive, I, mean, I think. Yeah, he still he's does, still like, alive. NFL yeah. media I mean, stuff. Him and La, La, uh, La, La, wait, Landry. Yeah. Uh, boy, they they had it rolling for decades. Ooh, so. Good point. Well, and Tech Schramm yeah. was the GM. Oh, maybe that was. Yeah. Okay, that's the name. That Gil Brandt was the recruiting guy. Or not recruiting. He was, like, the their player. head scout. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. whoever the architect of those teams was that deserves Tech, a billion in the conversation. Tech Schramm yeah. was the GM of those Cowboy teams mm-hmm. with Landry for, I think they might have even gone out together, if memory serves. When, that, when Jones bought the, the team? Problem. Yeah. When when Landry was fired, I think Schramm also, yeah. I don't know if he was let go. Mark, or thanks for the call. Good, uh, good, uh, good, 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 good point. Thank you, Mark.
yeah, whoever was the architect yes. of, those, uh, of that uh, Cowboys team era mm-hmm. um, has to be in the conversation. Uh, yeah, I'm looking it up here. Tex Schramm. Cowboys won the most game of any team in the 70s and won 20, uh, had winning seasons 20 consecutive years. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Who built the Steelers? Yeah, is that Chuck Knoll? Was there another name? I don't know. Whoever it was. Or did he, what, who's that guy's name? A Corsi? What was he was he? with the Giants, with wasn't he? With the Giants, he? okay. George Young? That's another Giants guy. Uh-huh. Uh, he was there 79 to 97. Who was behind the Raiders? That was Al Davis. I mean, he, Pulling all the strings? Yeah. He was the head cook, bottle washer, yes. and check I mean, signer. he's like what Jerry Jones is today. That's what Al Davis yep, was. Yep, he was. Yep. He was the GM mm-hmm. and also owned the but team. But there was no one that had that title? There might, and again, the structure of the NFL has changed so much. Sure, it's all the it's owners. It's, it's incredible. I was looking at I can't remember whose roster the other night. I'm looking on their official team site, and then I clicked on the coaches, and looking at how long that coach, not just coaches, but all the administrative staff, and yeah. it, it was like sixty people. It just kept scrolling and <laughs> yeah. scrolling and scrolling. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And there's a couple. Of, oh, I remember that guy from college. You know, it's a couple of those names uh-huh. that pop up. Oh yeah, that guy. Now he's. I don't know, assistant the traveling secretary for the Chargers or something like that. It, it's it's incredible just how much the structure has changed. Yeah, you got to go back to one of the old teams. Who built the Niners with Montana and Young and and that group of uh, and Rice uh, and Taylor uh, and everything that goes along with those Niners? Who's who was the architect? But um, who worked with Bill Walsh to do that? I mean, that that's got to be a name. Uh, let's get Paul in here before we run out of hour. Paul, who uh, who's uh, on your mind? Uh, how about Ron Wolf with the Packers? Yeah, mention him. That's a good one. Ron Wolf is absolutely a good one, Paul. Um, he orchestrated the trade for Brett Favre, and I believe he drafted Aaron Rodgers. He, he did that and uh, got. Um, and that's 30 plus years of uh, Hall, of Fame, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, indeed. Paul, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Tom, in here before we run out of uh, Tommy, got 15 seconds. Go ahead. Dick Haley. Who, no, 1971 I, to 1990, Pittsburgh Steelers. That's who built it. Okay. How many Hall of Famers did he draft? Oh, God. Yeah. God. At least. Yeah. What yeah. was the name again? Dick, Dick Haley. Dick Haley. Haley. Dick Haley. Isn't that Look something? I, yeah, I appreciate um, it. That's um, what we were looking for. I don't remember his name. Again. I don't remember his name. Smartest radio, radio listeners right here. Oldest. At two. <laughs> we got them both. Hour two. Uh, Chris Andrews off to Vegas to start things from the South Point. Anxious to catch up with Chris. Nick Gosens at Iowa State Media Day. We'll pick his brain at the bottom of the hour. Miller and Condon, one hour to go. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.